was like, oh, I'm like really uncomfortable in front of the camera. And she's like, all you gotta do is just pretend that the camera is like the love of your life and just like flirt with the camera basically. And I was just like, oh my God. It was, honestly, it was like great advice. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another week of the Tea Please podcast. This is Sarah. I've never told you my last name because it's changing. I'm getting married in May and I'm changing my last name. So I've just really never shared my last name and I'm really not going to until it's changed. So stay tuned for that. But anyway, I'm your host and this is the Tea Please podcast and we spill the tea here on life, on important conversations, on anything that can help us get a little perspective on our lives, on ourselves, on each other. There's a wide range of topics that you'll find here, but it's all about bettering ourselves, being open and listening, all the good stuff. So this week we have Jenny Larkin. She is a model. She's been in the industry for 10 years now and she knows the space and I was really excited to chat with her because I have been exploring posing and taking pictures by myself and also working with other photographers getting comfortable in front of the camera and I was really excited to talk to her about her experience in the industry and how the industry has changed what's the good what's the bad um, just kind of like the inside scoop the tea if you will on the modeling industry and where it's going um, the good news is It's changed a lot over the years in a good way. And yeah, I I think you'll really appreciate her perspective. You definitely do not have to be a model or interested in modeling to get anything out of this episode. We talk a lot about mental health and tips and tricks to keep your mind healthy and feeling good, especially in an industry that can be really harsh and critical. Not to mention Jenny is also a super badass entrepreneur. She's doing a lot of good stuff online. She has a fashion label. She has a design business. She has her modeling career. She is doing so much and her content, her reels, you need to follow her. She's incredible. I love her. Please go ahead and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening over there or if you're not, go over there and give a five-star review. It really helps me out and it really helps people know that this is worth listening to. And also, come find me on Instagram at the Tea Please Podcast. I post kind of like the tea on my own life. It's kind of like my personal page slash the podcast update page. And I know you're supposed to niche down and all that and be really specific on Instagram, but I just don't want to. I want to share what I want to share. Sometimes it's a reel about how to make a crop top. Sometimes it's behind the scenes of podcasting. Sometimes it is, you know, tips and tricks for self-care, whatever. I'm just sharing a lot over there. So come find me, DM me. I'd love to get to know you. And let's get into it with Jenny. I'm really glad that you're on and I'm really excited to chat with you about your experiencing career in the modeling industry, everything that comes along with that. I've been doing more creative shoots by myself and I just went to this Denver Creates meetup. Photographers and models will come and shoot content together. So it's practice on both sides, but it was so weird for me to be like raising my hand as a model because that's not what I'm used to. So I definitely fell out of my element there. Can you tell us just a little bit about your background, how you got into modeling? I know you've been doing this for like nine years I think is that right yeah it's this is I guess the 10th year um so it's funny because so when I was younger um I moved when I was about six years old so it's kind of a weird time to move when you're like in kindergarten so I was really shy I was like so painfully shy like my best friend growing up I would have to like whisper in her ear to be like can you tell them that I like want this like that shy you know I would never expect 
my like career path to be something so like vulnerable yeah like it's just like you have to get into this mindset of just really not getting in your head and thinking about like oh this is weird or this looks weird or whatever because there's so much like self-doubt that does come up sometimes but anyways um i had done a pageant when i was uh 10 years old and I was so uncomfortable. It was so awkward. But there was a question, um, like you go on stage and they ask you a question, like, what do you want to be when you grow up and stuff like that. And we have the whole recording of the entire pageant. So I've able, I've been able to watch it again. And I literally say, like, when I'm older, I want to be a fashion designer and a model. And I have literally no recollection of ever saying this, but since I have the video, I was able to watch it a couple years ago. And I was like, wow, that's like so funny because like I do some fashion design and I'm a model. Yeah, that's awesome. Meanwhile, my answers were like, I want to be a dolphin trainer. <laughs> oh my gosh. My mom loves dolphins, first of all. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, no, I always like, I was obsessed with Hilary Duff when I was younger. So I would always be like, I want to be a singer like Hilary Duff. Like I love to sing, but like I will never sing for anyone. So but basically my whole life, people had said to my mom, like, oh my gosh, your daughter should be a model. She's beautiful, all these things. And I was like, so shy. I was like, oh, thank you. Like, yeah. How do you react to that kind of thing? I don't know. It's kind of like awkward. And I've always been like a very humble person. So it's like, and I, I it's kind of like a thing I've been working on for a while is like just accepting compliments and not like deflecting them or something like that. But basically what happened was I was 16 years old and where I'm from, there's a mall here that's like one of the biggest malls in the country, like retail space wise. And I was literally in a Forever 21 and I was in like the back of the store looking at jewelry and this guy comes up to me and he's like, hi, I was like 16. So I'm like, okay, hi. Like He's like, hi, my name's Nathan. Like, here's my business card. You look like a model. Like, are you? And I was like, no, he's like, you have a great look. I would love to talk to your parents. Like, here's my business card. And I was just like, oh my gosh. Okay. And I don't know if you know this, but there was a lot of kind of scammy things like this happening um, around this time. So this was like, I totally remember that when, as soon as you said that, I was like, yes, I totally remember people getting not like picked up at malls or given cards for this kind of thing. And yeah, what the vibe that I got from that was that it was a lot of times super sketchy and not really legit. I had actually maybe like two or three years prior, I had kind of gotten sucked into something like that, but it was more for like commercials and acting. So my friend and I actually went to like Philadelphia to this convention center, like huge place in Philadelphia. And they were having like a huge cattle call, like a, just literally anyone in your mother could basically come to this. You would do a little script, they would take pictures of you and then they'd be like, okay, you're good or you're not good. And you'd have to like pay $5,000 to go to like acting school or something. So that just was like a huge thing that was going around. So like for your listeners, this is just like a great thing to keep in mind if you want to do something like this. Basically, if you're modeling in a legit agency, like you won't have to pay to be a part of an agency. Like they'll they'll set up photo shoots for you. You know, you might have to pay for photo shoots and you have to pay for maintenance and stuff, which I could get into later. But you will never really have to pay like $3,000 upfront to even just be on a board. Like that's a scam. I've heard of that kind of thing happen. Is it normal? if you have to pay $1,000 to get a portfolio or something. So basically like how that would actually show up is that 
your agency would be like, you know, you need photos to show other clients that you can even model. So you'll have to pay, usually you'll have to pay for something called a test shoot, which is where you work with a photographer, maybe a stylist, makeup and hair artist, and you build your portfolio like that. So you're just paying for someone else to work with you. You know, it's just like a business, you know, expense at that point. You You wouldn't actually pay an agency to represent you. Like they get paid on commission. So, you know, they push you and push you to get jobs. And then when you book them, you know, you get paid and they make a commission. So, um, but what, anyways, what ended up happening was that, you know, I, I met this guy and I was there with my, my dad and my brother and my sister. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, okay, is this a scam? I'm not really sure. He felt like really normal. So I was like, I was like, oh my God, dad, like this guy just said this to me. And my dad immediately was like, scam, like, forget it. And I was like, oh yeah, probably. And then I gave it to my mom and she was like a little more open-minded about it. And I think she had kind of always held on to this idea of me being a model. So she was like, okay, I'll just email him, like see what happens. And so she emailed him, we set up like a dinner and we had dinner together and he just told us like his credentials, what he could do. And he was like, I have this agency in LA that would probably want to sign you. So you have to send over images, which are called digitals. So essentially this just shows like, what do you, what do you look like? Like without makeup with, you know, you have to send like bikini photos cause they have to see what your body looks like, which is, you know, I don't really love that, but like you just have to, cause they need to know where you're going to fit in, you know? Um, so I did that and then they were immediately like, we want to sign her. I didn't even meet with them and I was 16 years old <laughs> and they were in LA and I was in Pennsylvania. And, um, then, you know, we were, we decided like, okay, you're going to come to LA. And I ended up going there like spring break and summer throughout high school. And that's how my career started. And now I'm here <laughs> like 10 years later. So after you did that, after you got signed, have you just been in it since then? Or was it kind of like off and on? How did that look? Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty messy, like up and down story, but, um, So what happened was I had gone for my spring break. So when I was signed, I think I was a sophomore in high school, like going into my junior year. So I was like, you know, halfway done high school. So I went like spring break for like two weeks and then summer for like, you know, four months. What That's how long summer would be in high school. So um, it was a very weird experience for me because I was um, just like standing out amongst the crowd of my class because you know no one else was doing this it was like I was the only one doing this so it definitely caught some attention um, which made me feel like kind of almost an alien like it was like I didn't feel like I fit in with my class but I didn't 100% fit in with like the industry yet so it was like it was this very weird thing so it kind of led me to developing like anxiety depression I like had several eating disorders um, so that was something that I kind of had to navigate by myself when I was like 17, eight year, 18 years old, and I was like so young. So um, from that, I ended up moving to LA by myself, so like 3,000 miles away from everyone I knew. And I lived in LA for about five months after high school, and I wasn't going to go to college. And then I just had like kind of a full blown meltdown, and I was like, what am I doing? Like. I, I wasn't working. I, had, I mean, like, honestly, a- that's, I would expect it. That's so much. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. And I, I'll never forget, like I had this guidance counselor and I would talk to her a lot. And she was like, why are your parents letting you go all the way to LA? You're so young. And I was just like, it was so silly. But like, seriously, I was so young. And like, I, 
I've always kind of acted a lot older than I was and I always hung out with older people. So it didn't seem like so weird to me. But now that I'm older and like I have a younger sister, it's like, whoa, like, you know, it's pretty crazy. Like all that I did when I was like so young. But I mean, I wouldn't change it for anything and I wouldn't be where I am now. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like an incredible opportunity, obviously. It took you somewhere new and there's so much learning that comes in that kind of shift. But I can only imagine getting into the modeling industry where people are obviously looking at your looks and I don't know that I don't know the ins and outs of the industry but doesn't have the best rap for mental health and actually like putting those things at the forefront are there elements of that that are still a challenge for you today kind of talk to us about the challenges that you faced and how that might be different when you first got into it versus now yeah definitely I think so as for like the eating disorder aspect that's like a whole conversation in itself Um, but with dealing with that, I've always been into, um, like spirituality and just like really diving deeper into like the cause of things. And my mom is like an energy body healer. So she has just always been into that as well. So she really helped guide me to really get to like the core root of why I was like experiencing these issues. Um, and then I ended up, I didn't finish that, um, thought was that I ended up moving back home and like quit modeling. So I went to college and um, I got a degree in communication studies and graphic design and I just it was just like basically four years of healing and like refinding myself so um, that was definitely I I had time to kind of like come back to life you know Um, and just like figure out who I even was. That's awesome I'm glad that you took the time. Were there some things in those years where you came back that really helped you in that healing? I really got into um, like journaling and meditating and yoga and just like being silent and not not trying to look for so many outside forces of like how to fix me. Um, and it, it came along with so many other challenges too. Like, you know, I had to kind of re like mend my relationship with my family and, um, you know, a boyfriend and like all those things. So it was, it was just so much change happening and like, I don't know if I can pinpoint like one thing exactly. I think everything in my life has kind of led me to like heal certain parts of things or like, you know, hear something here and or there. And then it kind of like clicks in my mind of like, okay, you know, Um, but I think the biggest thing was just time, like just like processing everything. Um, Because when I had quit, I had a pretty bad falling out with my agency which if you know me, like I hate conflict and like I hate upsetting people. So it was like something that was like really weighing down on me. Um, and I, I had just a really bad mentality around the whole industry. Like I was basically like, screw the industry. Like I never want to be a part of this again. Like, you know, they, they ruined me basically or whatever, like never not taking any accountability as I've gotten older. It's like, I can now recognize like the issues I had with my agency were just like a product of the industry 10 years ago. It it wasn't really their fault at all. Like they just were doing what like everyone was doing because that's how the industry was. Was it just pressure or like what kind of things were you having conflict with? Yeah, I mean, it was coming from multiple directions. Like one, I was having a lot of pressure from my hometown. It was, like I said, so publicized what I was doing. So in my own mind, like if I fail at this, like I'm a failure. Everyone's going to think I failed this, which is total BS. And like I've gotten over that. But and then it was like I had all this expectation from like my agent, my like my mother agent, my agency, my parents of like being this supermodel. 
and I wasn't there yet. And the gap between like me where I was and where I had to go was so large that it was like, it was almost crippling. Like it was like, I don't know how to get there. And then my agency on top, again, not their fault. It was just what the industry was like. They, you know, they had to be really strict with me about, you know, you got to get your measurements down. You have to lose weight. Like this is what's going on with this. We need to get this together, you know, and it was just, it was debilitating. Like, it was like, I don't know how to do that. Like in the amount of time that you need me to do that. And, you know, I'm six feet tall. Like I'm not like a super petite person. I, I'm, I've not, I'm not big, but like, I can't be like a size zero. It's just never going to happen naturally. So that was something that was really frustrating for me. And now it's not that way. So that's the only reason I'm doing it again, because <laughs> I can't do that again. <laughs> the industry is not that way, you're saying. You know, I took four years off. And then my mother agent, who has been really close with me and my family for the last nine years, basically just like never gave up on me. And he really wanted me to do it because he just always really believed in me. And which is awesome to have someone in your corner like that. Wait, is this the guy that was from the Forever 21? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It's oh my the- gosh, that's awesome. Oh my gosh, yeah, I didn't even say that. So he's my mother agent. And what's a mother agent? So mother agent is basically just someone that's closer to you. So they they basically just like advocate for you and they can have like tougher conversations with your agents to negotiate things or, you know, ask questions so that you just don't have to do like all like the dirty work basically. And they're usually just like more in your corner because they're they're working directly one-on-one with you rather than like an agency that has, you know, maybe a hundred other models on their board. So it's just a little bit of a closer relationship usually. Okay, got it. So this guy from Forever 21 that scattered you when you were 16 is like still in your corner rooting for you. I love it. Yeah, it's awesome. But so this like new wave of curve modeling came about, which I've actually been wanting to make a podcast episode about this because I think there's just, there's so much stigma around this word as well. Um, So basically the curve industry means anything from someone that's just not straight size to like super curvy. Um, And it's like unfortunate, some people get really turned off by the fact that like a size six, eight is considered curvy, which I hear you like, I I hope that we can get to a point where it's like, there's no sizes, it's just like we're people and you know, just be booking because of, you know, we they like what we bring to the table or whatever. But it's all like representation. I mean, people want to see what they can look like. I get what you're saying. Just it's the labeling. There's so many labels that it feels like in the modeling industry and that's curvy is definitely one of them that I've heard. You know, for me with the label part of everything since since I've been younger and stuff, it's like you had asked earlier how it's has it like kind of trickled into my life now or whatever and I think there's always that subconscious kind of conditioning in my mind a little bit of like I still care about what I look like because I'm always being like watched which I don't love that, but I feel like it's just way less than it used to be. Um, And I think that's just come with age as well of like, you know, owning yourself and stuff like that. But um, the reason was when I got back into the industry, um, what, what I was trying to say was that my agent had believed in me to be like this curvier model that just essentially for me, what it means is that I just don't need to lose any weight. So for me, it was like, I don't care what you call me. I just want to do this job that I love and don't have to lose any weight. (laughs) So it was like best of both worlds for me. Um, And the thing that stood out to me the most was I met with my agency that I'm with now and everything they said was just amazing. Like, I'll never forget that the VP of the company was like, 
you're going to be on the curve board, but like, it doesn't mean anything. Like you are perfect the way you are. Like this is just to literally, so clients can find you in your body type. And it was like, yeah, that's like, I don't love that, but like, I get it. And it like, they were just so like reaffirming and like, they've never made me feel like, you know, I need to really change what I look like, which is something that I think is so important. And when I was coming back into, into the industry, I was like, I will not compromise on this thing. Like if anyone asks me to lose weight or whatever, like I can't do this because, you know, it's, it's just such a personal thing when someone's critiquing your looks. Like it's so personal. And it's really hard not to get upset about things like that. So, well, it's not necessary. Like that's what we tell people now. I mean, thank goodness this is like where society is going. But, you know, we have conversations like, don't make comments about people's bodies. Like that's not appropriate to say. Like, no, you don't get to have an opinion on that. And then in the modeling industry, it, it still shouldn't be okay, but it is, or it has been okay to like make those types of comments. And so I like that that's, it's changing and that there is more inclusivity in that. So on the flip side of that, you said that you really love this job. Like, what do you love about modeling? Backtrack a little bit. My first job I ever had, I was a cashier at Target and they have like massive campaigns in their stores all the time. And so I was working there and I, you know, I was working like nine hour shifts or whatever. And I would, people would come up to, you know, the register and they, I can't even tell you how many people were literally like, why are you working here? You need to be on the walls of this place. Like so many people said that to me. And I was like, again, still kind of awkward. So I was like, oh, thanks. Um, And I'll never forget this one woman. This one woman comes up to me and she said like the same thing. And I was like, oh, I'm like really uncomfortable behind the camera or in front of the camera. And she's like, all you got to do is just pretend that the camera is like the love of your life and just like flirt with the camera, basically. And I was just like, oh, my God, it was honestly, it was like great advice. And I'm trying to pinpoint like really what my favorite part of it is. I mean, there's so many different parts, but I think my favorite part is literally just working with like some of the most amazing creative people like you get to meet so many different diverse people from all walks of life. Like you get to hear their stories, you know, you get to see like their creative babies, whether it's styling or hair or makeup or photography, videography, like you just learn so much from so many other, so many people. Like the amount of people I've met in the last 10 years is like insane. Like it's, I've met some of the coolest people and like in like the prime of my career when I'm like really working, you know, I get to travel a lot. So I've seen a lot of different cultures and just different places and just had like such a fun time. Um, And honestly, like creating stuff because I'm also like an artist. So creating like amazing photos and movement and shapes and colors and all of that, like it's, it's art to me. So I, I love that side of things. So you know, on the more editorial side of photography, that's really fun because, you know, it's a beautiful location, there's beautiful makeup, there's, you know, great music, like whatever it might be, like that part's really fun. Um, But, you know, it's still, it's like any career, like I really try not to like super glamorize the industry because that's kind of what I did in the past. And then I kind of like blew it up Um, when I kind of quit. I was really talking a lot of shit on the industry, to be honest. but I think with anything, it's like, you know, any career has its ups and downs. Um, I, I don't think any career that you're in, you're going to be, you know, butterflies and roses all the time. You know what I mean? It's 
still a job. So even though it's a very different type of work than what people might be used to, like there's still going to be parts that you don't like. And I'm sure traveling is awesome, but also gets exhausting. You're very transient when you do that. And that takes a toll. I like that word transient. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, it's like what to sit here and be like, oh my God, I get to travel. It's so annoying. Like it's, I don't like that mindset. Like that's not where I'm coming from. I'm just trying to like more personalize the situation and like, or humanize like how everything has like not a great side of it. Like, yeah. Like if I would travel, like when I was really, really working before like COVID hit, I was traveling like every week. I was like, I was literally so jet lagged all the time. I had like no energy. Like, yeah, I was working all the time, but it was like, it wasn't even that like great because I was just so tired all the time. And like, you know, I'd get on a plane, get off a plane. Honestly, I was having like horrible, like hormonal issues. And I, I got like horrible cystic acne. Like I, it was like so much was going on. I was struggling with a lot of mental demons and stuff like that. Like my anxiety was really bad. So I think everything comes with things. And, um, you know, coming back to like the present now, is like, there's so many things with COVID that have messed my life up and, you know, whatever. We learn from everything that happens. But it was such a needed break for me. Like I'm ready to get back to work now, but like it was a really needed break for me. Um, to just like slow down like I was moving way too fast all the time so that those are the things I don't really love about it and um, there also is although the industry has changed in so many ways there still are things where it's like you know you have to you can't really share this on your social media because you don't want to like deter clients from you or you have to fit into this box a little bit like there still are things there where like you don't have like 100% control over like your image um, which is frustrating and I think it's really interesting now seeing this whole world of like influencer marketing and stuff because a lot of these influencers are just taking everything into their own hands and they don't have anyone else I mean unless they're with like an agency but you know it's a little bit different I feel like um But yeah, I don't know. I think they're just taking things into their own hands more with that. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see where the industry goes in the next 10 years, even five years. But yeah. I think about that too with the way that influencer marketing is increasing. So I work in influencer marketing like for my day job. So I see back end of brand deals and like how the selection works and what the the compensation and incentives look like and all of that. I think they're just going to blend. That's my prediction. I think the two worlds are going to blend together because even um, looking at agencies, like I've looked a few up here in Denver, and they mention start growing your social media following because agencies like that now because of that relationship that they have with people, which is very different than what the model industry used to look like because no one had social media. And now people just want to connect, like they want to see behind the scenes, they want to like see everything. So I definitely think that's going to play into where the industry is going. Yeah, definitely. And like, it's interesting too, as a model is like, you know, I've been doing this for so long and like a hundred percent people with, you know, a huge following will book jobs over me. It's interesting to me because it's still like another vanity. Well, they talk about vanity metrics. So it's not always a vanity metric with followers, like engagement is really important, but I do think that's really interesting because it's still like what's going to get people to connect to it more. And so that's kind of like what they're weighing, I would think, with with followings. Yeah, it's just interesting to see how that's taken into account with everything. 
we talked about a few of these. We've touched on them of like misconceptions in the modeling industry. Are there any other misconceptions about modeling as a career that you think are important to touch on? I don't know if this is necessarily important, but this is something that I get asked all the time is like, oh, do you just get free clothes all the time? And I never get free clothes. <laughs> like I, you know, it's, it's very rare that you'll get free clothes um, if you're getting paid, like um, things like that, which, you know, it's not really that big of a thing, but I just get asked it all the time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I just want to give it some advice of like, because we were talking about like um, being like in your head about something or, you know, when they say something like making you feel bad about yourself or whatever. Um, I think for me, because I've been doing it for nine years and I've just gone through so much is like that it's such a hard industry. Same with like acting, dancing, like all those things that are so competitive and they really do have a lot to do with your physical appearance is like you just really have to disconnect yourself from like the outcome like it's not at the end of the day it's like almost never really about you like you can't really be like oh well what's wrong with me if I didn't book this job like it's this it's one of the most competitive industries in the entire world like and I think that's something although I still definitely get upset sometimes it's like you just have to let it go like you can't you can't be dwelling on like oh why didn't I get that job I thought it went really well like you know so I don't know. I think having a thick skin is really good. It's it's something you kind of need if you're doing a job like this. I think the hardest thing about having or needing a thick skin, the only way to get a thick skin is to like go through some stuff. Like you just kind of have to go through it in order to get that. Yes, definitely. I also, like I said, I went to art school and um, when I was getting like art critique, it was like, oh my God, it was my least favorite thing ever. And now I take it much better. So yeah, it's like anything, you know, it's it sucks, but you just kind of have to rip the Band-Aid off and, you know, kind of just try and brush it off your shoulders. And I think for me, I'm like such an empath and I'm very sensitive, so it goes and flows. But I think, you know, just doing things that make you feel good about yourself, surrounding yourself with really great people that can lift you up is so important. Yeah, and on the flip side of industries that are, can be known for being critical and especially in the modeling industry like you the thing that I like about it from the outside is that it seems like it would make you take care of yourself better it's going to force you to be introspective and it's going to force you to disconnect from the outcome and to not take other people's opinions so seriously which is going to help you in like every area of life and it's going to force you to like take care of your physical body because you have to I mean hopefully you're you're doing it in a healthy way I would hope and I'm so glad that the industry is like moving that way Definitely. And like, I can't speak to because there is still an end, like a side of the industry where people do have to be a certain measurement. So I really hope that that shifts. But I'm just I'm grateful I could be on this other side of it because I haven't felt any pressure to lose any weight. Um, And honestly, it's like, I okay, so I understand this because I have so basically, like for me, like I was saying, I don't have a lot of control over my appearance. So what I mean by that is like, I am being like, quote unquote, sold like as a certain image. So like my pictures are in a bracket of like, I'm a blonde, I have green eyes, this is what I look like. So when my agents are like pushing me out for jobs, if I just like all of a sudden change my look and like they're like pushing me to these clients, like that's completely not okay. Because like, what if I chop all my hair off and like I'm like being sold as this like long blonde hair, you know? So that's like the aspect of like, I can't just go out and dye my hair. I can't just be cutting my hair. I got my eyebrows tinted one time and it was like, not okay. Like, 
it's just all about communication. Like you just have to communicate and you know, you just have to be on the same page. It makes sense that you would have to work with your agent who's advocating for you in a certain way. And if that just changed all of a sudden, it would be difficult for brands or whoever to, to book something if they don't know what they're expecting. Yeah. And where I wanted to go with that was like, um, with no intention, I had lost some weight because of the pandemic, just like high stress, like, I don't know. And if I lose weight, that changes what I look like. Like my bone structure kind of changes, you know, whatever. So that is a cause for a little bit of concern with an agency, because again, it's like, Ooh, you kind of look a lot different than you did a couple months ago. So there are times where it would be like, you can just like be careful of not losing too much weight, which is also on the spectrum of like, it's like still kind of like saying, okay, lose weight or gain weight. Like I've heard bad stories of girls that were more on the curve side and their agents wanted them to gain a ton of weight. So I don't know how like accurate that is right now, but you know, it's like, there's, there's room for improvement everywhere. I think it's, it's like a constant thing. It's constant battle between the brands, the consumers, the advertising, the agents, the models, the clients, like it kind of is never going to be a perfect world unless we're all literally in sync and it's just kind of impossible to get there. So I think it's kind of almost up to the consumers to like buy into the products that you know, have diversity, are giving back, you know, are more ethical and things like that to show these clients that this is what we want. And then the the agents would be like, okay, well, this is what the clients want. So this is what we're going to give them. So it's kind of like that cyclical cycle, you know what I'm saying? So it's going there. What they say with voting with your dollars, it's kind of the same thing because brands and big companies are always going to do that. They're going to look at what consumers are consuming. So if you like put your dollars on content and companies that book models that represent real people, then the industry will change just as a result of that. Yeah, 100%. So I wanted to ask you, what are some things that you do to be feeling your best when you're going into a job or if you are traveling a lot? What are some tips and tricks that you do to really make sure that you're feeling good? Yes, definitely. Um, And I, I wanted to kind of also answer what you said before about like just being like healthy and this kind of all goes together of like, I think for me, like when I was working a lot and things were more open, let's talk about that time is like, yeah, I'm really big into um, like massages and facials, like specifically facial massages, like washa facials and stuff like that, because we just hold so much tension in our face and like, honestly, so much is connected to our face, like our necks and the muscles up into our head and then down your back, down to your butt and your legs, like it's all connected. So if you're feeling like unaligned and off, like your whole body's going to feel off. And there's so many like pressure points in your feet and all of these type of stuff, like acupressure and, you know, acupuncture and all those things. So I'm really into like holistic wellness and just like different modalities. So it, when I was really like in a flow I would like at least get a massage once a month. I would get like, I would, I do gua sha myself now because um, I've learned the techniques from getting it done so many times. And I, I do like a lot of um, different tincture type stuff. So I have like a jet lag tincture from um, like plant people. I think that's what it's called, plant alchemy. And um, yeah, just like trying to just get outside, like walking. I'm honestly, I don't really exercise like a crazy amount. I'm just like a very active person. 
Um, but if I am like feeling really good in flow, like I do love hot yoga and um, I love binaural beats. So like Hertz beats. I sometimes like really don't even listen to any music or I used to be really into podcasts and music. And then I would just feel so cluttered in my mind because I I'm like a manifesting generator and I have just like so many thoughts constantly. So it really helps me like slow my brain down a little bit. Um, so if I'm feeling cluttered and just like not in alignment, I love to listen to binaural beats and honestly like just get up and like shake my body, like whether it's like ecstatic dance or like whatever, it's just like my favorite song. Yes. Oh my gosh. Everything you're saying, I'm like, I love we're the same in all of these things. I love that. I have a few questions. <laughs> I want to know like what massages you're actually asking for. Like if you book a massage for your body, what is it called? If you book like a facial massage, what is that called? Like on the menu? Yeah, definitely. So you're so funny. Um, so I've gone to, I've gotten so many massages in my life. Like I'm so privileged. I'm so grateful. Like my mom is, has been into like energy work. So she has like kind of a massage background. So she's always really given me and my siblings massages. So we just always were really open to that. Um, like physical touch is really big for me. I don't feel like weirded out by that. I know some people totally are. So I've done all different from like deep tissue to combo, like combination or combo, um, you know, Thai massage is probably my favorite. So that's like a combination of a lot of different techniques. There's um, one called Lomi Lomi, which you can't find everywhere, but it's really nice. Um, I went to Bali a couple years ago and we got a Lomi Lomi and it's like so cheap to get massages there. So not cheap to get there, but cheap when you're there. <laughs> um, and so I, I go to a place called um, like I can obviously only speak to like the places I've been, but there's a place in New York called Chill House, which is one of my favorite wellness places to go. They have everything from like your nails. They have uh, like a cafe. They have merch. They sell their own products. They also do these massages and facials and all those types of things. So well, ch check that out if you're in New York because it's great. It's in like Soho area. Um, but yeah, those are the names of those of like what you can find on the menu. And then as for facials and stuff, I love hydrofacials, so I have a couple of things. So I love a hydrofacial. It's like hydrating, cleans your pores out, makes your skin like brighten and stuff like that. And then I also love this place called the Face Gym, which is, I think it originated in the UK and I actually studied abroad in the UK, so I found it there. And then they moved it to New York and now there's a couple locations. And I think they're open now. They weren't for a while, um, but they do like face like facial exercises so they call it like the gym for your face and they like massage all the muscles and you can get like an added on like you know oxygen oxygen like facial thing so I don't know like you you were kind of saying like you know it's kind of taught me to take care of myself so you know I work my ass off so it's like I want to get I love wellness and I love just relaxing like something I always talk about is my mom really always taught me and my siblings to fill our cups up first so like I can't really help other people unless I'm feeling my best so those are the things that like just make me feel really good so you know and I really try and eat healthy I've, I'm a vegan I've tried to you know be healthy my whole life luckily my mom really you know made she made my baby food and she like was really healthy when I was little and stuff like that so I have like the taste buds for all the healthy stuff so yeah, just like trying to trying to treat myself right. I think such a takeaway is just like fill your cup up first. Like you can't do anything for anyone else unless you're okay, you know? Yeah. So if you're feeling guilty about doing those things, then just don't because it's going to be better if you just take the time to 
you know, take care of yourself. And I love that approach. I, I mean, I try to do that and I'm not a model, but I, I just, I want to feel good. Yeah, you just can't feel good if you're not at least thinking about those things and figuring out what it is that actually makes you feel good and like what's too much and what's not. So yeah, I love your approach and I will be asking for those massages <laughs> next time I go. Oh my gosh, you must. I, I got a, a like a service one time when I was really struggling with my skin and I remember the esthetician was like well at least the one good thing about you having acne is you're, you're gonna have like great like non-wrinkled skin when you're older because you've used all this like I really try and take, take care of myself I mean you know my image is my job so that is like a bonus it's like a blessing and a curse because it's like something I really think about all the time but it's also like I'm cognizant of it so I take care of myself. Cool. Well, I have three questions that I ask everyone at the end here, so I'll ask you the same. The first one is, what is something you do that makes you feel like your best self? I love this question. I ask people this question all the time. Um, well, I kind of feel like I talked about some of the things, but I honestly, I love my friends and my family. So I think I'll just go with this one of just like having a really great conversation with someone that I love, like laughing my ass off and just like, you know, having a really good, like connected conversation that's not really surface level. Totally. Yes. I'm all about the real deal conversations. I feel you on that. The second question is, um, what is something you do to find inspiration when you're feeling uninspired? I'm super grateful that I feel like I'm pretty much always in a creative mode. Like I was saying, I'm a manifesting generator. So I have like tons of ideas all the time. It's almost like too much. Um, but when I'm really feeling just like not great, like I get away, I turn my phone off, like I hang out with people I love or, you know, I take a shower. I'm really, I'm like about like sensory stuff. So like if I'm not feeling good, like shaking my body, stretching out, like brushing my hair, massaging my head, gua sha, something like that. Like, yeah, something that just gets me out of like funk. Cool. The last question is um, a piece of advice that if we all followed, we'd all be better off. There's like so many things I could say, but what just popped in my head, I just posted this today is that like nothing in your life. I actually have this tattooed on my body is like never a failure, always a lesson. Like everything that has happened in your life that you quote unquote think is a failure is not like it's something, everything you've ever gone through has taught you something and has brought you to where you are now. Like it's like that idea of the butterfly effect. Like if you just change one thing, like would you have not met your best friend or your partner or whatever? So I think, yeah, like one door closes, other one opens, everything's meant to be. Yeah, I love it. And where can we find you? I know you have a lot going on. You have a lot of businesses. So how can we connect with you online and see what you're doing? Modeling wise, I mean, if you're interested, my portfolios are like all on my website and all of my agents are tagged in my bio. Um, but yeah, I'm on Instagram. So I'll give you my Instagram handle. And all my businesses are linked there. So I do like content creation. I have a product-based business, which is a sustainable business. And I also do like startup business education. So yeah, just Instagram is my main place. And then you can find my website and things like that there. All right, that is it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you go follow Jenny and I hope you go follow me at the Tea Please podcast if you aren't following me already and leave a five-star review. Share this episode with a friend. It would mean so much to me if you really got the word out and helped me blow this thing up. All right, catch you next week. Bye.